Welcome to episode 15 of Rick Brown's Story Podcast. This is part two of the CAMI series. CAMI stands for Canadian Automotive Manufacturing Inc., a very simple, innocuous name. My second home with GM. The CAMI team members who have been building top-class vehicles in Ingersoll, Canada, since April of 1989, were made up of people hired directly by CAMI, mostly local people from the surrounding communities, and advisors who held in from uh, Hamamatsu, Japan, the Suzuki folks, and assignees like me from GM uh, General Motors in the U.S. and also from uh, GM in Canada. Originally a 50-50 joint venture, GM sold Suzuki's stake in Kami back uh, in 2011. GM did have difficulties, though, with utilizing the plant after that for a while, but now is building the popular Chevrolet Equinox and, to date, built over 5 million vehicles since inception. It will soon be building GM's first plant to make electric commercial vehicles on a large scale in Canada. And, of course, I'm a little biased, but it's a, a great plant. We all wore the same uniform, a simple white shirt with an orange cami logo, a pair of blue trousers. No one had individual offices. And since I hung around a lot with Suzuki guys and often spoke on their behalf, many thought I was a Suzuki employee. In fact, some of them thought that way until the day I left Kami. The name Kami was something special for Suzuki. The word Kami is pronounced Kami in Japanese and it means God or deity, among other various translations. Kami is also the name of the village where Suzuki headquarters in Japan is located. So Osamu Suzuki, the chairman of Suzuki, really liked that connection. So we needed to staff up 1,800 people to run the plant, and not just 1,800, but 1,800 people who can work together in a team environment. We were looking for people with initiatives, having good hands, and also good discipline. Job fit was a key element in hiring. Working in assembly is not for everyone, and even less where you do more than just putting in your eight hours. Every applicant went through an assessment process to be considered for hiring. We definitely were not looking for people with traditional North American automobile plant work experience, or should I say, work habits. Seriously, if someone came in with that mindset, it would work to their disadvantage because Kami was so different. We got tons of applicants. I don't remember how many, but a lot of people flocked to Kami's good pay and benefits. Competition to get hired was intense. I used to go out of town after work to grab a few beers with colleagues, and it was not unusual to see young people wearing a t-shirt that proudly said, in big bold letters, I flunked the Kami test, or something like that. They were not very friendly people, but and they knew me, but luckily we always outnumber them. Kami was a prized job, and nothing around it paid as much except what was happening just up the road. Toyota also came to Canada and started an assembly plant in a place called Kitchener, often referred to as the Cambridge plant. It was just one hour north of Ingersoll. Toyota had a head start, but not by much. One of the ladies that worked for me, Katie Johnson, had a brother who was hired on as plant director there. Interestingly, Phil, Katie's brother, 
later ended up with GM and went to run our plant in Thailand. We definitely competed for talent. The actual assessment process was rather rigorous. Applicants went through paper tests and as well as hands-on exercises. Ikuma-san, as well as others, were quite fascinated with what we were doing. In Japan, they just hired people, many of them seasonal assembly veterans. Put them on the line, focusing on on-the-job training, and those who could not cut it, they just left. The assessment tools had its own way of filtering out those who would not fit and could not handle assembly work in a team environment. First, talking to Makino-san, Frank Fager's advisor in Body Shop, about our assessment and hiring process and asked him what he thought about the quality that we were looking for in people. He kind of shook his head and said, I hope we are not paying too much money for all these activities. The most important criteria for him, he said, was to have on his team someone who can basically stay alert and stand on his or her feet for eight hours straight a day with allowed breaks in between. Working on the assembly line is hard work, both mentally and physically. Repetition brings boredom very fast, and when that happens, work becomes sloppy and people lose focus. Makino-san and many other Suzuki advisors have been involved in setting up Suzuki's pioneering plant in Magyar, Hungary, and said that was the most difficult thing to instill among the new recruits. The Hungarians all came out of communism, where work was, well, relatively easy. There was no discipline like that. When people got tired, they just stopped and sat down. And whenever they wanted, they ate and took a restroom break when felt like it. Makino-san asked if he were really testing the new recruits and something as fundamental as that. And of course, Suzuki's experience in India at their various Maruti plants also must have taught them as much about what it takes to run a plant with a brand new group of people. Overall, the assessment process didn't end up hiring a very good team, including those in leadership positions. In skilled trades and central maintenance areas, as well as most of the staff positions. In hiring, GM and Suzuki were on the same wavelength, mostly, in terms of the characteristics that we sought in each hire. However, we did have a few fundamental disconnects. For example, Ikuma-san did not want women working in certain positions due to quality concerns. He was concerned about parts of their body touching the car. He was from old school and also had no experience dealing with female supervisors on the floor. We certainly did not want this disconnect to get out of hand and become a public issue out in the media. Imagine a headline, Kami refused to hire a woman. All we needed was local newspapers blasting Kami's discriminatory hiring practices. But Ikuma-san was smart enough to know and agree that we could try several female operators and observe. That was the compromise. And Kami ended up with a large number of great female production personnel across the entire plant, including those in body shop. When we broached this topic with Ikuma-san and showed how wrong he was with his perceived notion, all we saw was a little smirk on his face. But I do say Ikuma-san was totally okay with having women on some areas of the assembly process where quick hands were what was necessary. Now on the training, Besides each manager having his or her Suzuki advisor or shadow, 
East team and area leader also had his advisor working on the line side by side, a true on the job training. For those hired as a team or area leader and above, the scope of training also included a four week on the job training at Suzuki's flagship plant in Kosai, Japan. The very first thing Tom Lasorda wanted me to do was to prepare Kami training, training manuals based on the Suzuki production system called Nagare, with a word that implies flow. I had no experience working in a plant, but Tom knew and valued my ability to understand the Suzuki system and its source materials and became comfortable with me when he saw me interacting with Suzuki personnel, both advisors on the floor as well as with leadership personnel. With the help of Suzuki headquarters offices and also with the hands-on help from Bob, Frank, Dan, John, Eric, and many others, I led the effort to prepare the Kami production manual as well as the training process itself. I think having had no production experience really helped me. What people had to do to thrive in a team environment like Kami as both leaders and followers is very intuitive, nothing technical. I exposed myself and learned the system, but on both on paper and witnessing Suzuki experts on the floor. And eventually came up with a production system framework that served as a key element on the knowledge that each production personnel had to absorb. If I had had experience, I probably would have questioned each process by comparing it to what I knew, what we were trying to do at Kami and forming opinions and judgments. And this was our framework. And this is what I learned from it. In running a successful plant, when it comes to metrics, productivity is the name of the game. And of course, quality and cost have to be an integral part on that effort to constantly enhance productivity. Enhancement of productivity is the battle cry. And this drive comes from and based on people systems, not from the equipment or machines that you have in the plan. It is based on software, not the hardware that people see. You also don't get there with just one action. Enhanced productivity comes from making incremental small improvements. Of course, we'll get lucky and find big gains, but that just does not happen every day. So if you're a production associate working on the line, that should be your mindset. How can I improve what I am doing, what you are doing, or how we are doing as a team? On people's side, the biggest thing we focused on was the idea of respecting each individual. And how do we do that? Well, leaders have to show respect by listening to what people have to say and listening to their ideas about improvement. After all, they know more about their own workplace and issues that surface better than anyone else. In order to listen and collect their ideas, Kami installed a very rigorous suggestion system or Teyan system whereby each person, both staff and production, was asked to make a number of suggestions per month. I forgot what they were. Maybe it was five suggestions per month or even more. It was a lot. At least 1,800 people making five improvement suggestions per month. That is 9,000 ideas for Kaizen or continuous improvement per month. And that translates to 350 ideas per working day. And how powerful is that? Those ideas were rewarded, savings were shared, people were recognized, and results, results publish, publicized. 
And what did training do to drive this very prolific suggestion system? People attended a series of extensive problem-solving classes, and everyone learned to participate effectively in small group discussions called quality control circles or the QC circles. That was the essence of Kami's people systems, respect for the individual and everything that emanated from there. And to this day, the key foundation for having a successful plan is to have people trained on how to address and solve problems. Instead of getting overwhelmed when facing a problem, everyone is trained to observe and analyze and by asking the right questions, come up with solutions. On the production side, we taught how to standardize work and how to level production. And worked with people to become familiar with tools that they can use on a daily basis to constantly improve. In my mind, there are three key sets of principles that everyone had to live by. One was called 5S. In Japanese, it's seiri, seiso, seiton, seiketsu, and shitsuke. Basically means keep your work area clean, transparent, organized, tools accessible so that you can easily maneuver efficiently. When these principles are followed, problems will become obvious and surface in front of your eyes. When your workplace is cluttered, everything gets hidden. You don't even notice that there are problems. Not when 5S is in place. To me, that was the most important principle. Next, the 3M. Muda, meaning waste. Muri means overexertion. And mura, erratic or not constant. By focusing on eliminating waste, waste comes and happens when you are overstretched and work you are doing is not standardized and erratic. Working at a good pace is the best way to eliminate, eliminate waste. Another set of principles called 3G, Genba, the actual place, Genjitsu, real time, and Genbutsu, the real or the actual goods or things that you're touching. This is what Ikuma-san, the president, practiced every day. He walked the plant twice a day, seeing and touching everything for and by himself in real time. You grasp issues by being where the problem is occurring and be there when it is happening and touching what is causing the problem. You don't solve problems sitting at the desk, just responding, responding to reports, conjuring up ideas in abstract. 5S, 3M, 3G, all simple, all very powerful principles, the core of Kami's success. For people who have spent years working in a traditional plant environment, these principles seemed childish and often did not grasp the power that each person can exude when he or she is respected and listened. And when these people acquired skills to problem solve, the plant starts to hum. It was so refreshing. We put every employee through this Nagare production orientation training that was almost a week long. I asked Tom to make sure that Kami had several classrooms inside the plant, not in the administration building. And we gave each room a Japanese production system name like Kaizen. And we did all these training based on a cascading approach. Once you are trained and become good at it, you next train yourself to become a trainer yourself. And those you train in turn become trainers themselves in the long run. 
Soon, majority of production supervisors and even some associates became certified trainers. Being a trainer was a key element of every leadership position and job description. It was the best way to learn and grasp the system. Tammy also in installed tools that helped team members execute those principles. Each team member owned his or her workplace. And if the line had to be stopped to correct the problem, the person was empowered to do that by pulling a cord dangling from the overhead line called andong. Andon is like a flashlight, except it's usually a paper lantern. You use it to guide yourself in the darkness. When it lights up, everyone sees it. When the cord is pulled, the line stopped, the red light would flash. Everyone converges to the problem area to fix it as quickly as possible. When the problem is too complex, the team member is taught to stop, call, and observe. When a problem occurs, the focus then was to do whatever you can to make sure that the same problem does not occur again. And that was often accomplished by installing a device called pokayoke. Poka means silly mistake. And yoke means to just set it aside or put it away. Not only pokayoke prevented recurrence of problems, it often saved lives too. Think of your washer and dryer. Unless the doors are closed, they won't operate. Okayoke devices saved people from getting electrocuted or picking up wrong tools or installing incorrect parts, getting your fingers stuck somewhere, or even getting killed. Really focusing on what do we have to do to make sure that no one gets hurt, no one repeats making the same problems. Make it impossible to push the wrong button, impossible to walk into an area you're not supposed to. Like the washer and dryer, unless the cycle is finished, you cannot force open the door. Kami also implemented a total preventive maintenance program to minimize equipment breakdowns and failures. This would have been a big union issue in a traditional plant. Not only skilled trades worked on machines and equipment, each member on the line also took care of his or her equipment and tools on a daily schedule so that skilled trades could focus on addressing bigger critical machine and equipment issues or challenges. A typical GM plant or anywhere else, in a typical GM plant or anywhere else, if something like that happened to a machine, you just stopped and called maintenance. At Kami, the task of keeping the equipment humming belong to those actually using that equipment. It's really a combination of Suzuki production and people systems. There were many others that made Kami one of the most efficient plants from the very beginning. Before I get off on the topic of management principles, the most important set of ideas I learned by observing Suzuki and directly from Osamu Suzuki, the chairman of Suzuki, who knew every corner of every plant and every operation was this. To be successful, each company has to have three fundamental things. One is well-trained people who are best at what they're doing. This is how you make yourself different from the competition. Anyone can buy the best equipment or hire the smartest people or pay this and that. But skill, skill level is something you develop and that's the differentiator. Two, besides being skillful, People need to be focused and motivated. You cannot motivate people in abstract. You cannot just say, 
we all have to be motivated and expect miracles. Motivation comes from having everyone marching toward the same objective, knowing that what you do really matters and is a critical part of achieving that objective. For Kami in my days, it was to have everyone ready to launch the first product. And the march toward that was the motivation factor. And finally, have rules and regulations that help develop skills and remove barriers that prevent people from marching to the same drum. In Japanese, they were called yaru ude. Ude means skills. Yaru ki, motivation. And yaru ba, it's the workplace. If you go to Suzuki, you will see a plaque with yaru ki in big bold letters all over the place. Suzuki set up a dormitory near the plant, walking distance from the plant, and it was called Suzuki House. It was built from the ground up. It was large enough to accommodate all the production advisors and occasional visitors. It had a huge bathhouse and was also equipped with a mess hall, which chefs brought in from Japan. I often had meetings there and enjoyed their sumptuous meals. There was also Ingersoll Country Golf Club, before Kami opened, the name was bigger than how the business was actually going. But with the arrival of Suzuki folks who had very limited time and not many things to do locally, ICC became a big hangout, improved the business of the place tremendously. Unfortunately, though, I did not play golf in those days. London was a nice place. We frequented a nice Japanese restaurant called Shiki and another Korean place, which we loved so much. Unfortunately, I forgot the name. The place was surrounded by many quaint villages, which we visited often on weekends. Getting a work visa to work in Canada was very, very easy, except we had to renew it on a very frequent basis, an easy renewal process, but nonetheless, very too, too frequent. After so many visits to a local immigration office for visa renewal, an officer recommended that I apply for Canadian green card for the entire family. I didn't think anything of it and agreed simply to avoid making these inconvenient visits to the immigration office. We all got the green card, including Chiekos, and that was a big mistake, especially for her. And I did not think about this angle. She was already a green card holder in the US and under this status, you were not allowed to have more than one permanent resident status. When we were heading back to Detroit one weekend at the border crossing, an American border official spotted the resident status stamped on her passport and immediately revoked her American green card, green card on the spot. They explained the rule, but I knew that with her Japanese passport, she should have been allowed to enter the U.S. and make an appeal about this mishap. This border official did not even allow her to enter the U.S. side. I got into action, spoke with GM Legal, who in turn contacted the Detroit Immigration Office and problem was resolved rather quickly because it was so blatant. You could never be too careful with immigration laws and learn the lesson. It depends so much on the action of an officer. This was, there wasn't much other drama during the Cami days. It was tough work. Putting in many hours, we worked to the timeline. But we had a good team, enjoyed working with each other. We had our beer crawls across town on a weekly basis, celebrated a few interplant marriages. And those who went to Japan on a four-week on-the-job training in Kosai also had a blast, sometimes a bit too much. 
I had to deal with the local police and believe it or not, also a few Yakuza's or the Japanese mafia types as well. When I left, Kami friends put on a big sayonara party for me, which I totally appreciated. I missed everyone from Suzuki folks to my GM colleagues and of course, everyone that I had had a hand in training. But I really missed my team members in the training department. Peter Groen, a very professional, best trainer I've ever worked with. Allison Bricks, a young college graduate we hired, full of energy. If I bottled up Allison's energy and sold it, if I'd be an overnight millionaire. Mark, another well-seasoned, calm trainer who managed our suggestion program as well. And Katie, that I mentioned, who took care of technical training. And last but not least, Vicky Luke a secretary that pulled together all that chaotic training activities, someone who was a regular at the weekly beer crawl, organized by an engineer working in the production control area named Nick Masny. At my sayonara party, Kami presented to me an album full of memories, and I still have it along with a team photo taken in front of the administration building, along with few memories. I cherish them forever and ever. Let me just describe one scene before I close off the Kami topic to highlight something special about Suzuki. At the opening ceremony, Kami invited Roger Smith, GM chairman, George Peoples, my recruiter and head of GM Canada, and of course, Osamu Suzuki, the chairman, CEO, and president of Suzuki Motor Company at that time. Sad to say, I don't remember if Roger was able to come, maybe, but certainly did not leave a lasting impression. George people certainly came talking about how good Kami is to Canada, its economy, and the important role that GM Canada was playing as part of the big GM family. Thank you, George, for supporting and pushing for my move to Kami. Then Osama Suzuki climbed onto the stage in thunderous applause, me standing next to him, ready to translate notepad in my hand, expecting an impromptu speech. But instead, he simply said three things and got off the stage to another round of earth-shattering applause. He said, I want best quality, highest productivity, and lowest cost. Thank you very much, everyone. That was how we celebrated the job one at Kami. And soon after, I was transferred back to headquarters in Detroit, this time back to being a staff to be part of GM's Asia-Pacific division which then was located at the headquarters, headed by Tom McDaniel, who took over from Barton Brown. It was sad to leave Kami and bid farewell to all the friends. Had a good sense of accomplishment, thanks to everyone that worked with me. But I knew that my role had finished, and it was time. In the next episode, I will talk about my return to Detroit and what transpired. Thank you again for being patient and listening to this phase of my GM career and also my ramblings about production system and all that. Thank you very much.